Turn with me, if you will, to Psalm 27. Psalm 27. I'll read it to you. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Amen. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Amen. When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, and this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion, and the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me, and answer me. When thou saidst, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted, unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Amen. This psalm begins and ends with the theme of courage. When we consider the glory of God and his might and his strength, the application to us personally, each of us, is one of courage. Verse 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? He's the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? These are rhetorical questions. The answer is Obviously, no one. And it's rhetorical because we're considering here the nature of God himself. And and what is any man, regardless of how strong or how fierce or how cruel, in comparison to the God of the universe? Romans 8.31. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? It's a rhetorical question. We, We may forget at times the the greatness and the might of the God who says he will never leave us nor forsake us. Who are you afraid of? Do you have enemies at work? Are you afraid of your boss? Are you afraid of your wife at times? 
Are you afraid of your own weaknesses? The Lord is the strength of your life. Of course, these principles of the Lord being your strength can only be applied after you've been circumspect and considered each angle of your actions and the natural consequences of them. The Lord won't always protect you from the consequences of your foolishness or from the consequences of your sin and not doing adequate deliberation and directing your life. Proverbs 20, verse 18, Every purpose is established by counsel, and with good advice make war. David is describing a a situation of being at war here with his enemies. And having taught his son Solomon this verse, we can jump to this conclusion that David took adequate counsel and had great advice before he got in the situation of war. And then after having done all of that deliberation, then the Lord is his salvation and the strength of his life. Let's jump to verse 13 to finish this theme of courage. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord and the land of the living. That is to say, I would have fainted. I would have been cast down and destroyed. But he was only cast down and not destroyed in this case. He would have fainted unless he had believed. David had faith, uh, not that his situation at this time was good, but that he would see the good of the Lord in a future situation. He believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the future, even though he was not experiencing it very much in his current situation. And then he needed to have patience for it. Verse 14, wait on the Lord. This is a decision to be of good courage. And afterwards, the Lord strengthens your heart. Yes. Now let's go back to a couple of thoughts in between this theme of courage that we should consider today. Verse 4, one thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after. Amen. David certainly desired and requested many things of the Lord. But he says here, one thing have I desired of of the Lord. That is, one thing above all others. One one principal thing that was extremely important to him. And is it important to us this day? What is this thing that he desired of the Lord? That he would dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of his life. Now we know that David actually lived in his own house. He didn't dwell in the house of the Lord, literally. But his visits to the house of the Lord were so frequent, and they were of such importance to him, that they were characterized by dwelling in the house of the Lord, as in living in the house of the Lord. Is that your attitude about the Lord's house? (coughs) We know that David was taken away from the house of the Lord by the Lord's providence at times. For example, when Absalom pursued him and ran him out of Jerusalem. So that was the providence of God that prevented him from being at the house of the Lord. And if you would recall that account, being in the public worship of God was one of David's chief concerns when he left Jerusalem. But he had faith even at that time that he would return, which is why he told the priest to take the ark back to the temple. So there's the providence of God. That's why, the, why David is asking. He says, one thing have I desired of the Lord, 
But he also says, that will I seek after. Amen. So it's not only the Lord's providence that was going to allow David to be in the Lord's house, he was going to seek after that thing as well, meaning he was going to take actions in his life yes. to arrange his circumstances as well as he could to go into the house of the Lord on a regular basis such that he could be called dwelling in the house of the Lord. Amen. And why was he going there? To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. What is there that's beautiful about the Lord? Every one of his attributes Amen. are beautiful. Two particularly are told, we are told in Scripture, his holiness is yes. beautiful, as in worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Yes. Another thing that's beautiful about the Lord is his dominion. Agur says, I believe it's Agur, one of the things that are comely and going is a king against whom there is no rising up. Right. And the only king that can truly be said about is the God of the universe. There is never any rising up against him that will ever succeed. So we are here to behold the beauty of the Lord. We want to see and appreciate and love the beauty of God and all of his attributes that we hear preached from this pulpit. And the second reason why David wanted to go to the house of the Lord was to inquire in his temple. This is, of course, referring to the prophetic means of determining God's will at that time. In the New Testament, the way we know God's will for our lives is to read the scriptures and have a minister explain them to us. So that's the other way, reason why we're here is to inquire what God's revealed will is to, for us yes. to be able to please him, yes. to behold his beauty, and to inquire in his temple. Let's move to verse 8. When thou saidst, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Revelation 3.20, Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the Lord, open the door, excuse me, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. This is the Lord's invitation to believers to have fellowship with him. The God of the universe invites you or commands you, whatever word you want to use, to characterize this compulsion and this request of the God of the universe to draw you to himself and have fellowship with him. What is seeking the face of the Lord? It's, it's prayer. It involves repentance. It involves having clean hands, a pure heart, not having lifted up your soul to vanity nor sworn deceitfully, according to Psalm 24. That's the character of those that seek the face of the God of Jacob. This is not an intellectual exercise. It's not a gathering of facts. The first commandment is for us to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. A good cross-reference for this passage is Psalm 63, 1 and 2. O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in dry and thirsty land where no water is to see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. To summarize, the two principal reasons why we are here today, other than to exhort each other, are to see the beauty of the Lord and the preaching that we hear from his word and to hear what we should do in order to please him. Do you want to dwell here all the days of your life?